time for the best coverage of the top stories in sports. The Sports Wrap with Jason Page starts now. Thank you, Chad Erickson, and thank you to all of you for being with us on this Wednesday edition of the show. Kurt Healing comes your way in about 10 minutes. Pro Basketball Talk at NBCSports.com. We'll get into which team has the best chance to dethrone the defending champions. We'll talk about Kyle Shanahan's explaining. If you're explaining, you're losing. The bizarre moment where Dana White decided to walk off a podcast after being introduced by the podcast host. And it wasn't like a nobody that introduced him. We'll get into that. Odds and ends, a whole bunch more. Uh, But we do start things out in the NBA today uh, with the news that the Golden State Warriors hmm, inquired about the availability of one LeBron James uh, just before uh, the trade deadline expired. Yes, that LeBron James, the one you see on the screen. They made an inquiry about whether or not they could trade for him as the, the Warriors try to do their best to extend this window of theirs uh, for trying to, to win a championship. Sammy Arnell is here, as he is just about every day on the show, unless he oversleeps in Las Vegas. Sam, uh, how surprised were you when you woke up today and saw the news from uh, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that... You had a, a situation where the Lakers and, and Warriors were at least talking about the possibility of trading LeBron James. So, Jason, the reporting on this has been a little cryptic, right? Uh, and I think that's how uh, Ramona Shelburne and Adrian Wojnarowski intended it to be. Woj. Because I don't think this was as much about the Lakers trading LeBron James as it was about the Warriors trading Steph Curry. I think the Warriors were ready, because all all the reporting is just that pairing the two up, right? It, it never talks about which team they would be paired on. And when you think about it, the Lakers are a lot closer to being in the finals than the Warriors are. Like, the Warriors are not, respectfully, a LeBron James away from being an instant finals contender, the Lakers are a Steph Curry away from being I Western Conference favorites, maybe overnight. I actually disagree uh, with that. I, I actually, I want to tell, I want to stop you. I actually disagree. If uh, before the season started, I'll get into this with with Kurt Healing coming up. But before the season started, and I know you you've goaded me about this, the fact that I said if everything broke right for the Warriors, and that means health. Draymond Green not going off the deep end and having to disappear for a month. That if everything went right, I thought the Warriors could still have one last run in them. Now, as of late, they've started to play better, and they might think that that run is still there. But if they had traded for LeBron, you know, dumped off a bunch of draft picks and Kaminga and all these guys. In the West, outside of Denver, who we all think is the, is the creme de la creme of that conference, why couldn't the Warriors make a deep run and take a shot with LeBron? I mean, look, in the standings, them and the Lakers, the Warriors and the Lakers are only separated by like a game or two. One's nine, I think one's 10 uh, in the West. Why not? So there, there are a few reasons, but like if you think about the, the how the West is comprised right now, right? 
even with LeBron James, the Warriors are not a better team than they're obviously not a better team than the Nuggets. They're not a better team than the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're not a better team than the Minnesota Timberwolves. The trend in the Western Conference specifically right now is a very young team around mm-hmm. one or a few star players. And that would be the opposite of what the Warriors would be doing by acquiring LeBron James. Now, the Lakers are even further from that, and acquiring Steph Curry would move them even further from that model, which at the end of the day is why I think this trade never went through uh, for the Lakers, because they understood that no matter who you bring in, if they're above the age of like 30, they're not going to be all that effective in a conference that's run by 22, 24-year-olds at this point in time. Realistically, I think that either of these teams would probably not get better than a fifth seed in the West. Uh, and worst you're saying case, if they probably had, be, you're saying if they had added one, uh, one correct. Of the other, gotcha. it, it, had the Lakers gotten right, Curry, right. had had the Warriors gotten LeBron, yeah, they're probably mm-hmm. a five seed. Uh, but I don't see them being a two seed. Don't see them having home home court advantage in the playoffs. Uh, so. Yeah, the trend of the Western Conference right now is very interesting and something we haven't really seen in a long time where these old cemented stud players are completely reigning throughout the conference like they are in the East. It's a very interesting time in the Western Conference, especially with no Dame. Yeah, and look, I mean, I think I was just talking about, I think Sacramento is 30 and 23, and right now they're a playing team. Um, they're not, they're not even actually inside the top eight right now. And we think about all the progress that organization was making, um, at the end of last season, some of that might be regression to the mean and and we can get into all that at a different time. Um, NBA finals odds right now. We got about two minutes here. Um, Celtics plus two sixty, the nuggets plus four forty, which is still, again, it's almost like people going to the Niners and saying the Niners are the favorite to win the Super Bowl next year. Well, they haven't even done it with this with, with this group. It's the same thing in basketball. You've still got the Celtics at plus 260, which is nuts to me. You can get the Nuggets at 440, then the Clippers at 550, the Bucks at 600, and then it drops off to the Suns at plus 4, 1400, and the Knicks actually have the sixth best odds to win the NBA championship, which is nuts to me, um, at plus 1800. Is there something you like? in the value department right now when it when it comes to an NBA finals contender? You know me, Jason. I'm going down the board. How on How far earth down are you is going? the team that is leading the Western Conference right now? Uh 24 to 1. Give me a sprinkle on the Timberwolves. Give me a sprinkle on the Oklahoma City Thunder at 22 to 1. I I mean, uh, who, who's to say that these young teams can't make no. a run? I know they don't have the playoff experience necessarily. I actually like the Timberwolves bet a little more than I like the Thunder bet. And let's go even further down the board to a team that you just mentioned. Give me the Sacramento Kings at 60 to 1. Uh, we saw what money they could on do fire. in the playoffs you're, last All that year. money you made at the Super Bowl, you're just setting it ablaze. I, this is why we play the long shots. It's it's small units here and there. You can't take the favorite when you're this far. You know, if Kristaps Porzingis, if Jason Tatum tears his ACL tomorrow, you know what the uh, Celtics odds change to? Whereas if De'Aaron Fox tears his Achilles next week, you're not going to get that much worse of a price, and you're spending a whole lot less money. Kurt Halen joins us on the other side. He'll bring some sanity to the conversation next. <laughs> 
Over 13 million Americans were affected by identity theft in 2022, and the threats go way beyond just credit card fraud. Today's identity thieves can use your information in ways that are easy to miss by just monitoring accounts and credit, like opening loans, transferring home titles, even committing crimes. Someone got my social security number, made a driver's license, and it was used for criminal activity. You can do so much with a social security number that I didn't know could happen. They drained my bank account. It was terrifying. You're even more vulnerable than you realize. Your information is exposed through online shopping, banking, even corporate data breaches. No wonder there's a new victim of identity theft every three seconds. Only LifeLock alerts you to the widest volume of threats all in one place, like someone trying to use your social security number, open a new loan in your name, or even commit a crime in your name. There was a big yes button and there was a big no button. I clicked, that's not me, and LifeLock took it from there. If you become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will be assigned to your case and work to fix the issue on your behalf. If something happens, you have somebody fighting for you. All LifeLock members are backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package, including reimbursement for stolen funds, personal expenses, and coverage for lawyers and experts up to $1 million. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. With LifeLock, it's easy to help protect yourself. I will be with LifeLock forever. Join the millions of people already protected by LifeLock. And for a limited time, save 25% on your first year with promo code 25TV. All plans include a 60-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-710-7531 or visit lifelock.com slash 25TV to save 25% on your first year of identity theft protection. Enroll now. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contracts. We're offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. So if you're fed up with the maintenance fees that keep on coming and want to learn if you can terminate your timeshare legally and permanently, call today. Call the number on your screen today. It's a free call. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the show. Sammy Arnell will rejoin us in about 20 minutes. Get into the Kyle Shanahan. If you're explaining, you're losing. Learned that a long time ago, working in political PR. Um, Let's bring in our man, Kurt Heelan, who does a terrific job. Pro basketball talk at NBCSports.com. There he is. Da, 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 da. Um, so I woke up this morning to the news of LeBron uh, and and this whole thing with the Warriors making a call to try and see if LeBron was available. Yeah. Um, and and essentially the gist of it that I got was Jeannie Buss just said, hey, talk to his agent, because if, if they say they want to go, then fine, we'll accommodate. If we, we don't want somebody to be here, superstar to be here, if they don't yeah. want to be here, um, which I thought was kind of interesting unto itself, but maybe that's because she knew LeBron was just going to say, we're not going. Rich Paul made it clear they're not going. What did you make of the fact that the Warriors were willing to even make that call? Well, first off, in the Warriors' case, you got to make that call, right? You're a little bit desperate. You are the 10 seed as we are speaking. In fact, they are the nine and 10 seeds, the Lakers and Warriors as we speak. Um, 
there isn't a trade at the deadline, you know, like DeJounte Murray was available. You know, it was like there was nobody who was moving the needle, who was turning any of these fringe contenders into contenders. So you see the hourglass emoji tweet. You see him wear the, we talked about this, wearing the Knicks, you know, towel around his neck. And you're like, we got we to gotta try that, right? Like, we got to at least try it. What I thought was, there was a couple of interesting things, but I thought one of the interesting things was, all almost all trades bubble up from the bottom. This was top down. This was Lacobe, Joe Lacobe, Lacob. I'm sorry, Lacob. I believe it is. Yeah, it's Joe from the uh, Warriors calling Jeannie Bus and saying, "Hey, LeBron available?" To which this is kind of how the Lakers do things. They are a superstar driven franchise who trust that people want to stay with them. Like, hey, go talk to his agent. If LeBron demands out, we're going to let him. Kind of knowing, I think, that ultimately he wasn't, at least mid-season, going to bail like this. That's just not his M.O. Uh, the Warriors would be wise, though, Jason. See how the season plays out. For them, for the Lakers, see what happens in the postseason. He's got a $54.1 million player option next year. Make a call. Yeah. Try it again. See, see if it's – I would see if the ground has shifted at all by this summer. The Lakers, though – Time to go into this summer and go big game hunting. So we'll see. Uh, and reportedly Philadelphia made the same inquiry. <laughs> same same sort of situation. Hey, window and bead, you know, yeah. being able to keep him in, in you know, it, happy and with the organization. Is that is that essentially what it boiled down to? Exactly. They, they actually have a lot of assets, right? From all that stuff from the hardened trade. Um, they could go big. And so they made the call. But this was more traditional. It was more a calling Rob Polinka and saying, hey, to which Rob Polinka responded, I don't know, is Joel Embiid available? Like, you know, like if, if you're going to do this. So it, it, the Lakers didn't want to do this, but I think it works better for them as an organization to have Rich Paul essentially call back the Warriors and say no. And that is with Draymond Green, another clutch client. You know, they were hanging out together at the Super Bowl, LeBron and, and Green, like, have him make the call. Have Rich Paul say, no, dude, we're, we're not doing this. Who is Who do you think, Kurt, is um, the most likely? If he were to leave Los Angeles in the mm. offseason, who would make the most sense to you? He would have to go somewhere where he steps in and they are instantly elite contenders. He is. He was frustrated, like, after last season. When they, they got to the NBA, you know, oh, I'm sorry, Western Conference Finals, and then they, you could see how far they were from where they needed to be. They just got smacked around in four by Denver. I mean, the games were close, but the series wasn't. And he's only going to go somewhere where the contention is instant. So Knicks, maybe. Philadelphia, maybe. Warriors make some sense, I guess, if you want to say that LeBron and Curry at, at their ages can do this one more time with an emerging Kuminga, although you'd probably have to move him to get that trade done. Um, we'll see. Uh, like, I think that that's more like, but I still think the most likely thing is more the opposite. It's LeBron and Anthony Davis, and they go big game hunting and try to get Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, whoever, whatever other stars might could possibly become available this summer. Uh, Kyrie Irving's name comes up because LeBron and he had flirted before. And while that marriage seems happy in Dallas right now, Kyrie's, Jason, he's not really predictable. So um, that's true. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that's where the Lakers are. They they would rather bring somebody in 
in a deal this summer. And that's where Austin Reeves and they'll have three picks and suddenly they can put together a nice package. So that's that's more their thinking than the opposite, right? Um, if we're talking eight to ten, that, that basically brings about eight to ten teams in the mix. Yeah. Um, let's talk about one of those teams, the Warriors and the now for for Golden State. Playing a little better as of late. You had yeah. you know, Curry bail them out with a, a crazy shot against uh Phoenix the other night. Give me some thoughts on the Warriors. Look, before the season started, I thought there was a dream scenario where if everything clicked for this team, they could be at least a contender in the West, that they would be the team you would not want to have to play in the postseason. I don't know if they're capable of putting stringing together a bunch of series in a row and making it to an NBA final or something like that. Is there still the chance that if healthy, you know, they get Chris Paul back, that, that they could somehow try to cobble together something in yeah. this in this season in this moment a lot like you said a lot of things have to go right and i was with you before the season and things didn't go right clay, clay thompson has you know we've we watched his basketball mortality before our eyes this year and they but among the things get chris paul back get andrew wiggins back to being andrew wiggins whatever has gone on with him personally and with his game he has not been the same and he was the second best player in that finals victory the other you know a few years back they need that guy back. Um, and it took Steve Kerr how long, Jason? How much of this season to go, I gotta play Kuminga. I gotta get rid of Looney. I gotta get away from <laughs> Yeah, what I'm gonna start to- playing some of the young talent we have here. Yeah. I he got he had to get in his mind away from what had worked, and frankly, had worked better last season. Their starting five was good last season. Very good. It did not work this season. It took a while for him to come around. They're there now mentally. Uh, if a lot of things break their way, and this is what makes the West fascinating for me, Denver's a threat. The Clippers are experienced and a threat, and if Kawhi is healthy, yada, yada. But what kind of run is OKC going to make? Oklahoma City's good, but inexperienced. Is Minnesota ready for this moment? And this, like, Or if they run into the Warriors on a roll, the Lakers on a roll, are those teams, are those teams in danger? Like, yeah. Could you get them in the first round, and suddenly you're on to the second round, and it's it's a thing? Uh, Kurt Hillen's going to hang with us for one more segment. We'll talk to him about who the biggest threat to Denver is as Sports Wrap continues. <laughs> we continue on this uh, Wednesday edition of the show. I was just talking with Kurt off the air about life in Indianapolis. <laughs> the one time he spent like 24 hours there because he's getting ready to go there for the All-Star break. And he was saying, what, last time you were there, was it there was a Star Wars convention going on? Yeah. Is that what you said? You walk, and I didn't know anything about it, so I get off the airplane. I'm walking through the airport, and there are stormtroopers. There's, you know, women with Princess Leia buns, yeah, yeah. and the band is playing the bar song from Return of the Jedi, and you're just like, <laughs> what, did what I walk the? Into? I had, like, no idea. I was so confused as to what was going on. That is fantastic. Um, so here we are at the All-Star break, Kurt. Um, I still think we'd all have to agree that Denver is the favorite to, to win everything. I'm sure that's what Vegas has. If not Denver, who, who is the biggest threat today, Wednesday, February 14th, 2024? Who's the biggest threat in your mind to, to Denver repeating? Boston. Boston is legitimately very good. I mean, they are five games or so out in front in the East. They are deep. They have been to the finals in the last few years. And there are questions, don't get me wrong, Kristaps Porzingis 
has to stay healthy and who has, he has a history, but also really hasn't been in these moments. Um, they still have had some, they've had some games where they just get tight and they get predictable and they get obvious in the clutch and it, it costs them. And that said, they're probably the most talented team. They're probably deeper with good Denver has look Denver has the best player walking the face of the earth. They have a two man game with Jamal Murray. Nobody can stop, but there's, they probably have the best, obviously the best player in that series, but there's a better depth or breadth, breadth of talent talent in Boston. They can match up. You want to go small, want to go big, want to do this. Their versatility gives them an opportunity. I think that the most likely outcome is a Denver-Boston finals with the Lakers and the Bucks trying to, I mean, I'm sorry, not the Lakers, the Clippers and the Bucks trying to horn in on that. Isn't it also amazing, Kurt, what winning a championship can do for a team in terms of the experience of having been through that, but even just to us in the media, because a year ago we had this same, basically this same Denver team and none of us would have believed, Oh yeah, they're finally going to make run the gauntlet and win a championship. But now that they have, it's almost like we expect them to do it again, fairly or unfairly. Yeah. And last year that was the question, right? We were going into the playoffs, like, like Denver's got all the pieces, but can they really do this? Because we hadn't seen it. They looked dominant a couple of years ago. Murray tears the ACL, so that's basically two seasons. We hadn't seen this group together. We didn't know. And obviously they proved it. And then this this season, Jason, they've acted like champions. They're in third gear. They're just, they really are. They, 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 actually, what's shocking is we keep saying that pretty much the exact same record, pretty much the exact same stats of a year ago at this time. Now they had a big, like four or five and up to like nine game lead at one point in the West this year, the dynamics are different. Oklahoma city and Minnesota are at the top because it's wild. The standings in both conferences a little bit because the bottom of both conferences are so terrible that the, you get this weird win inflation. I'll get to the Clippers in a second. If the, if the Celtics don't get over the hump this year, Let's say they don't even make it to the NBA Finals. Or they make it to the NBA Finals and lose. Is Missoula at risk if it looks similar to last year, as disjointed as it was, where it just looked like he wasn't built for that moment as a head coach? Do you see a scenario where they change head coaches in Boston? It's possible. Look, if they lose, especially if they don't even get to the Finals, if they get bounced by Milwaukee or resurgent Miami or whatever, you know, pick your team. Everything is on the table. Everything gets questioned. Everything is under the microscope. Can you win with Jalen and Jason? Um, I think you can, but like I think everything is on the table, and that includes, is Joe Missoula the guy who can take us into the promised land, or do we need a new coach? Is he just not, like you said, built for this moment? If they fall short, everything is on the table. They are, like I said, I still think they're the most talented in terms of breadth of talent in the NBA. And if you don't get there, that's a concern. If this isn't the year for the Clippers, is it ever? With this group, with with Kawhi, Paul George, this head coach, all these different things. I mean, if you don't win it this year, there I, I, as much as we talk about Boston and reassessing, don't you have to almost do the same with the Clippers if after this year th- with this group of players and what we've seen since they've sort of meshed now in the James Harden era of this team, wouldn't you almost have to have that same question about that team? You would, but I think two things make this different. Uh, they've got Kawhi locked up. 
they will. I'm almost. They can't pay James Harden until after the season, just because the way the CBA works. Um, but they will keep him around. I imagine Paul George is the one who could leave, but I, I 75% chance he stays. Like I had 80% chance. I don't think he leaves. It's possible. But the thing is, what's different is a. It depends on why they lose. Did Paul George? Or I mean, you don't want to you want to say this, but like, is it an injury where you're like, man, if we'd just been healthy? Secondly, moving into a new building, they're just not going to blow it up. Moving into a new building, mm. they are. They I think look, Kawhi signed a three year extension. I think they would like to do that with this entire core. Try to add and tweak it around around the edges, and in three or three four years, they are going to have to right. Like this team is just sure. going to be old and get there. But with the new building, I genuinely think they're just going to run it back for a couple of years. Uh, I got about a minute left. Are you surprised? And I don't think we've talked about him in any of our <laughs> conversations this year um, that I've had you on the show in, in, in this season. Are you surprised? Does it feel like the, the Kings sort of took a step backwards where they were building at the end of last season in the postseason to where they are right now as just a play-in team? A little bit. I think part of it is that Last year, regression they to the mean up. is it regression to the yeah, mean? I think they got a little lucky last year. Their offense was elite, it hasn't been quite as good. The defense is slightly better, but they're just, I think, the league caught up to them more than anything else. Like I said, last year, there you had that weird large gap. Yeah, this year, Oklahoma City's better, Minnesota's better. There's teams that just got better and they're deeper. And Sacramento's kind of the same team, they they, they ran it back, bet on continuity. And while Murray got better, they're just they are a team as not are not better, and they have some they have some decisions to make about how to make this thing better because OKC and Minnesota aren't going anywhere, and Denver's not going anywhere. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, Kurt Halen, Pro Basketball Talk at NBCSports.com is his jam. Have fun in Indianapolis. Hopefully, there's no Star Wars conventions this time around. Actually, I think that would be fun now. Like, I'm ready for it this time. Let's go. <laughs> Have fun. Seriously, uh, safe travels. Thanks, man. Kurt and hanging out with us on the show. Sammy Arnell will be by in about two or three minutes. We'll talk about the Kyle Shanahan 49ers mess with him. A whole bunch more. Sports Wrap continues on this Wednesday. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contracts. We're offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. So if you're fed up with the maintenance fees that keep on coming and want to learn if you can terminate your timeshare legally and permanently, call today. Call the number on your screen today. It's a free call. All right, coming up in about 10 minutes, something to consider the latest Dana White edition. Get to that. Maybe if we have a little time, this news about Travis Kelsey that has uh, come out today with him and his brother and their latest edition of their podcast. They're celebrating in Kansas City today. Uh, Sammy Arnell rejoins us. Thanks to Kurt Heelan for dropping by the show as he is wont to do. Um, I, I Look, I come from a lot of different backgrounds. I've worked in news. I've worked in politics, sports casting. I've, I've done a little bit of everything, most, most of the last 20 years in sports. 
But one of the few, one of the things I learned in political PR, if you're explaining, you're losing. If you're putting out, if you, if somebody says something about you and you're responding, all you're, you're losing. It's it, if you have to go into explanation mode about anything, if you're trying to respond to something, you're losing. And one of the best pieces of advice I got from a, a politician I worked for years ago was don't respond. Just like, oh, because eventually people will move on to the next thing. And that would have been the advice, if it were me, that I would have given to Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers following these reports out of the Super Bowl that they didn't explain to the players, you know, Kyle Juszczyk coming out, they didn't explain to the players how the overtime rules were. They were they weren't really sure on it. Kyle Shanahan came out and said, no, we had talked about it beforehand. Then Kyle Juszczyk came out and said, no, that's not really true. And now you have Kyle Shanahan coming out again and saying, oh, no, no, we had a plan. We just didn't explain it to the players. They sound dumber than they did going into the whole conversation when you come out and say that. So now you're just incompetent and there's no getting around it. What do you make of it, Sam? Yeah, just shut up. I I think everyone (laughs) just needs to shut up. It's pretty easy. The more they open their mouths and, and talk about it, the more it becomes the story of the Super Bowl which is like fine, but at the end of the day, you could have made the story of the Super Bowl the special teams unit and the fact that Ray Ray, Ray McLeod got that punt knocked away mm. from him, right? Like, like there are a zillion little things you could dissect. I think it's interesting that that the Chiefs have come out and said, and again, all of this we need to remember is hindsight being twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Like in the moment. In the biggest moment of the Super Bowl in overtime, it's not necessarily the best time to make, uh, you know, the most important decision. Uh, I think it was interesting that the Chiefs have come out and said that if the 49ers would have scored a touchdown, the Chiefs would have gone for two. Uh, I think the dialogue that seems to be prevalent in every sports conversation right now about whether they made the right decision with the coin flip and, and yada, yada, yada. It's all, it's all hindsight 2020. And I think that the NFL actually did a very good job in remodeling the overtime to make it so that it really doesn't matter if you win the coin flip, uh, because say the first team scores a touchdown, you have a chance to go down and go for two. Uh, if you go down and get the ball and score a touchdown and go for two, the other team could simply win it with an extra point if they stop you. I, I think the NFL has engineered something very special and very nice in their new uh, playoff overtime. And, and the dissection that we're kind of making it into the story of this Super Bowl kind of hurts here's, here's it, but also our knowledge as fans. Here's what it also boils down to. Man, make a stop. I mean, they went 75. It's not like they had a short field to work with. They they went 75 yards down the field and, and scored a touchdown. I mean, get a stop somewhere on that drive with your Chase Youngs and your Bosa's and all Make a somebody, Fred Warner, make a play. Somebody make a play. And nobody made a play. For all the stuff that we want to talk about, you know, this and that and the whole season, you had 75 yards to stop them to force a field goal 
or if they decide to go for it, whatever it may be. And you couldn't do it. I mean, at the end of the day, and I'm not trying to be a contrarian here. I thought it was stupid for them to take the ball first um, coming out. I'd rather be in the position of being able to um, react and know control exactly what Yes, control your own destiny, know what you got to do in that spot. And there's been people that have come out here in the last 36 hours. And I love Rich Eisen. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. But everybody's trying to be the contrarian and come up with a reason why it was smart. You're you're deluding yourself if you think that taking the ball first was the right decision. But if you're going to do that, then you got to make a stop. Somebody's got to make a play. Yes, you're right. But no one's ever done that. That's the thing. I, I saw this very, and I don't remember what Twitter account I saw it from, but I saw it on Twitter. Uh, and you know, hat tip to whoever had it. Uh, someone did the research and mm-hmm. in the last minute of regulation or overtime, when tied or trailing by seven points or less, Patrick Mahomes is seven for seven in terms of scoring and winning the game. Uh, you talk about great quarterbacks. I think the number on Peyton Manning was three for 11 and the number on Drew Brees was like four for eight. The greatest quarterbacks, the most clutch playoff quarterbacks that we think of uh, convert that at about 50%. And Patrick Mahomes is seven for seven, a hundred percent so far in his career. Uh, it's wild. His his clutch factor is immeasurable, and that's why I think that he's probably going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, certainly has a shot. Uh, Kyle, Sean, Kyle Shanahan didn't do himself any favors uh, in terms of how all that came about. Just stop. Just stop explaining. People will forget and move on for at least the moment. It'll come back up again next year, but people will move on to the next thing. You don't have to keep trying to explain yourself. The harder you try, the worse you wind up looking. We'll come back with something to consider. The Dana White Edition. It's next. Hi, friends. Richard Karn here. Now, I'm known as the guy who can fix just about anything. But the technology in most appliances requires very special training to fix. And that's why my family has Choice Home Warranty. Choice Home Warranty covers over 25 major home systems and appliances. That's your AC, heating, plumbing, kitchen and laundry appliances, and so much more. Imagine for less than a cup of coffee a day, Choice Home Warranty can help protect you from expensive major system and appliance breakdowns that your homeowner's insurance doesn't cover. Call Choice Home Warranty now and get access to a nationwide network of over 15,000 technicians and the latest appointment setting technology so you'll know when they're on their way. So do what this old DIYer did and call Choice Home Warranty now before something breaks down. Get protection for your heating, AC, plumbing, kitchen and laundry appliances and more. Call for your free quote today. Call in the next five minutes and get your first month free. 800-394-8109. That's 800-394-8109. So good to have you with us on this Wednesday edition of the show. Odds and ends right around the corner. Talk about the Genesis Invitational. Sam Yarnell will return for that. Get his thoughts on the best plays for this week. We'll run through the odds on Tiger Woods as well. As he is in the field. Says he's going to try to play once a month this season. We'll see. This is the February edition of that. Uh, But first time for something to consider. Something to consider. Um... Featuring Dana White. Anybody who listens to the show knows I'm not bashful with my opinions on Dana White. I don't think he's a good human being. 
I think he's a smart businessman. Um, he has a product that people like and people enjoy consuming. Um, but I think he's a horrible human being. I think he's a hypocrite. Um, and I want to I give you the latest example of this. Now, some people are trying to suggest that this is a stunt, that Howie Mandel and Dana White perpetrated a stunt on an audience. Um, Dana White was slated to appear on Howie Mandel's podcast uh, that he does. I'll let you see what happened. This was literally at the start of the podcast. Howie Mandel introducing Dana White. Watch what happens for yourself. Dana White, you are an amazing guy. You are, I can't thank you enough for being here. Uh, you and Ginger seem to be getting along. Um, you are not only an amazing businessman, you are an inspiration, you are a philosopher. The way you do business, the way you uh, conduct your business and your friendships and media is, uh, I'm, I'm jealous. And But Dana, I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you. For all the kind words, I appreciate it. I, I am so tired of doing podcasts. It's I, I'm literally done with them. I'm not doing any more podcasts. And that was it. Dana White Dana just White, walked are, off the podcast. Simple as that. Now, some people are suggesting it was a stunt that Howie Mandel and Dana White knew that they were going to do this. I don't see that when I look at the video. Um, nobody's been able to prove it. Dana White hasn't commented on it. Neither has Howie Mandel. Push all that to the side for, for the sake of this conversation. Do you imagine... Adam Silver doing that. No matter what you think of Rob Manfred, could you imagine Rob Manfred doing that? Could you imagine Roger Goodell doing that? Gary Bettman doing that? And go on and on and on through the list of, you know, commissioners of reputable organizations. Yet Dana White can just do it. Dana White is Teflon. This is who Dana White is. You saw it for yourself. This is the same Dana White that once said, there's really no coming back from hitting a woman and then gets caught on video slapping his wife, not once, but twice at a New Year's party in 2023. This is that same Dana White. This is the same Dana White that through his silence condones UFC fighters that are homophobic, transphobic, bigoted, sexist, misogynistic, you name it, Sean Strickland. This is that same Dana White. And you know why Dana White gets rid of it? Because there aren't enough national voices willing to take him on. And you know what the reason is for that? He's got something to give all of them. On ESPN, quiet, which equals complicit, by the way. And you know why? Because they're in bed with him financially through his relationship with ESPN+. Plus. You know why others won't take him on? Because they all have something to get from him. 
whether it's free cage side seats or access or access to fighters or access to him. You know when we aren't afraid to take people on? When they have nothing to give us. Then we'll go after people. Then we will tear them to shreds when they no longer serve a purpose for us. That's the problem in some of the media today as we know it. Look, I don't expect everybody to be completely down the middle, completely impartial. It's impossible. True impartiality doesn't exist. I've talked about this before. Our biases, our biases, um, the, the events that have taken us through our lives, they make it difficult. They make it impossible in some cases to have that sort of objective down the middle viewpoint. But that, that isn't what this is with Dana White. This is people being afraid to take them on because of the financial implications for their different media companies and stuff like that. So he gets away with whatever he wants to do. The media is supposed to be there to hold people to account, whether it's in news, politics, entertainers. Sports is part of that. But we only do it when it's comfortable or easy for us to do, when it's not going to involve any pain, when it's not going to involve potentially losing that relationship with UFC or losing those cage side seats. Dana White's Teflon. And it's because the sports media continues to let him skate, continues to let him do whatever he wants. And I'm effing tired of it, too. Odds and ends are right around the corner on this Wednesday edition of Sports Wrap. All right. Just about time to wrap things up. Tomorrow's show will include Jason Sobel. Mr. Soboleski. Um, Jason will talk to us about all things golf. Get his thoughts on Tiger's return to action on the PGA Tour at the Genesis Open. Oh, speaking of golf, time for odds and ends. Uh, Sammy Arnell returns. Thinks he's going to make us some money on golf. Fat chance. Ask me. All right, Jason. We 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 got. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The prince is one of the hottest gamblers on the planet Uh right now. I I went seventy five percent through the playoffs on this show alone, and had a near clean sweep of Mm -hmm. every pick I gave out, except for the twenty six to one prop Mm. in the Super Bowl. Mm. Come on. The prince, yeah. the prince is red hot right now. R.I.P. So R.I.P. R.I.P. A touchdown and field goal for each team in the uh, Super Bowl in each half. And you know, we were so close, except for the first quarter. Yes. <laughs> we were actually really close. Yeah, uh, no, that, that first score, that first quarter really sucked. It did. Anyway, all right. What do you got for Riviera. the Genesis Invitational at Riviera? Who doesn't love it? Great course. Let's get into the winners. Mm -hmm. Uh, The top of the board, not super interesting to me this week. 
I don't know why they keep making Scotty Scheffler the favorite when his putting is still so clearly struggling. Uh, obviously, it'll pay off eventually, but we've had, what, three triple-digit winners so far this season uh, through six events. Uh, it, it's been incredible. It's been awesome to see, and, and the houses are trembling. You see it by the numbers this week. I mean, Scotty's the, or the only uh, player under 10-1 to 1 to win this tournament. Let's get into the winners, though. So the two guys I will take from near top of the board, we're going to go with Colin Morikawa, top 20 and we're going to parlay that with sam burns top 20 that's minus 150 and minus 120 respectively you combine them to get a plus 205 a plus 205 price point and i love that i love two to one on these two these are two guys who are playing great golf right now sam burns i mean he's been red hot of late I think he'll finish top 20. You've got a pretty short field here. I believe only 72 golfers playing in this tournament. Uh, love this parlay. Now to the straights. Adam Scott, just to finish in the top 20. Uh, Sahit Tagala also playing some amazing golf of late. Uh, we're going to take him to finish in the top 20. We're also going to take him to be the first round leader. Just a sprinkle, 35-1 to 1 at last check. And I'm not getting burned by Sahith after the first round in one of these tournaments again. We've bet him to win twice this year, and he doesn't have it late, but he always starts really hot. Not getting burned by him. Take him to win the first round. My final play in Mm. this one, the long shot, Chris Kirk, because you got to throw a dart in each of these tournaments. Chris Kirk, top 20, plus 210. Two to one, Chris Kirk, top 20. If you like him to win the event, because everyone likes a dart throw in these, because we've only had triple-digit winners, Chris Kirk's 100 to one. Throw your dart on Chris Kirk. I think he's got a shot in this one. What about Tiger specials? No, nothing? Nothing for Tiger? Stop it. You're not you giving me anything? You know how I feel about this. Stop. You're not giving me anything on Tiger? Three birdies or more in round one is minus 280? That's a that's a lot of juice. Uh, round one to make four plus birdies, though? Plus 100? You can't see Tiger making two birdies on each side for plus okay, 100? that... Okay, at even money, that might Plus not 100. be a terrible Come bet, on. only because he's been driving the ball mm-hmm. incredibly well in the mm-hmm. practice rounds. His mm-hmm. average drive right now is, I think, 365 yeah, yards or something. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may be okay, but I, I don't think in terms of like finishing positions or anything, top I, I don't 20? think he's worth a sprinkle on top, anything. Top 20 after round one, plus 160. Uh, round one, bogey-free on holes one through nine. I wouldn't touch nope. anything with him bogey-free because you know somewhere he's going to flub a shot because he's not hitting chips and sand shots um, you know, in competition, so I wouldn't touch that. Um, let's see. Where else can we find something good on Tiger? Tiger to shoot under 70 and a half in all four rounds. Wow. No chance. Mm-mm. Plus 1,900. No can six, I bet the no? How about <laughs> there is no? How about no? <laughs> Uh, six birdies or better in round one, plus nine fifty. If there, no. I, I would be tempted. I would be tempted because I could see six a lot birdies. of. Yes, I could see six plus birdies. I could absolutely see it. I could absolutely see it. 
You if think the, he's going to shoot like a no, 66, no, because he'll bogey yeah, because he can, because he you could shoot six plus birdies and still bogey three or four holes. I can see so a lot of that. A sixty nine, yes, still, but it's like, still six. But but the the bet is six plus birdies or better. Plus nine fifty. I understand. That. I like this. I like this bet. I like pl- six plus birdies or better at plus nine fifty. I might, I might have to do it. I might have to do a sprinkle. I might have to do it. I, I would take the five at plus three fifty. Um, listen, Riviera is a tough course to score six this birdies. Is Tiger, on this in- is El Tigre. Sunday red, baby. Let's go. Sunday red. Sunday red. I'm going with Tiger Woods. It's my Bernie Sanders impersonation. Oh my gosh. Everybody has to make I, I, a living. I need to find a house that'll let me that will let me bet against Tiger. <laughs> Are there any houses out there where I can bet, you know, eight plus we bogeys? Gotta, we gotta go. We'll see you on Thursday. <laughs>